Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, Talking with Shadows. The conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whateley. And Marcus D, and welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Uh, I'm super excited for today, because Vic got some actual good alcohol this time <laughs> in the studio, so I'm super well, excited. I was thinking, it's been that. like years since we had Bex, right. uh, and I like Bex. Well, alright, I say good, but Bex, Bex is like the alcohol when you argue or what kind of alcohol to get, and you're like, all right, let's just let's just get back. It's like it's like settling. It's like it's like the IHOP, <laughs> like which is where we went beer. for breakfast it is, today. It is like terrible service today. Like terrible. We were just arguing about where to go for for breakfast. We're like, oh, we'll just go to IHOP because that's where that's where we always end up going. <laughs> But like, and I like Bex, but I also like Rolling Rock, which apparently is controversial on this channel. I, did, did I, I can't. Did I like Rolling Rock, or did I not like uh, Rolling Rock? I, I can't remember. You, you don't mind drinking Rolling Rock, but you like making fun of me for liking Rolling here, Rock. Pop, hand the, okay, 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 okay. Let's this. Let's let's pop these things. The uh, uh, pop topper I'm using today was actually a wedding present from Adam Mathers. If Adam Mathers is listening out there, thank you. Popping up my Bex here. Boom. Thank you. Cheers to everybody. Cheers. Mm. It's been a tick. Oh, awesome. Taste that bad. Germany. That is. That's good. My dad just came back from Germany. It's where his uh, company was. Uh, he did not like it. Not because of the people or anything like that. It's just because they didn't have air conditioning at all. Oh, my. Where he was at. And my dad complains about it as much as I do. Like, he's got, like, that little <laughs> game face. I'm so worried about some of my friends in Europe. Like, I, I normally talk with them on Discord and haven't had a chance to chat with them recently because they're all like, it's it's too hot to be near my computer. I, I think I'm going to die. Like, we had... What was it? We had that storm that came through here uh, not too long ago that knocked out both of our powers. I mean, it was about an hour and a half before I was like, we're about to go to a, a hotel somewhere that still has power because I'm, oh, I'm not doing this without air your, conditioning. Your, your, your power was off for an hour and a half. Nice. That was a, nice. Very. Well, to, I'm sorry. Okay. To be fair, it was two, it was two, it was two and a half. Mine was 20 hours. <laughs> Mine was out for 20 hours. <laughs> And you didn't. You didn't tell me that was the that was the funny. I I told you that my power had gone out, and actually it was Ellie who offered us uh, me and mom to come over to stay in case it was too hot. And then I never heard from you again that that your that your power was out. So that's on you. That's on you. I, it's on the it's on the electric company for not fixing it faster. I swear. That's something. That's something true. And, oh, thank you by the way to all of you who reached out uh, on uh, Facebook. I need to check on us after we had that like large house explosion uh, that happened in Evansville like a couple days ago. Thank you so much. A few, of, a few of our listeners reached out to us on Facebook about that. Uh, I actually, mo- believe it or not, was literally like an out, like a block away from that place when right when it blew up. It was yeah. so shocking. Yeah. Where we record is only about eight miles from the explosion. Yeah. The worst part is no one knows why it happened. Yeah, we still don't. No, I was I was at work. Uh, I was talking to somebody. Uh, I was talking to. We just had like a work meeting, and all of a sudden, the entire office just violently shook. And we thought somebody ran into the building, and we ran outside. And there was like fiberglass and stuff raining from the sky. 
and it was uh, it was intense. And I was like, so then we got in our cars uh, and we left because we didn't know what caused it. We didn't know if like there was a meth lab explosion or something else. So we just didn't, I just ended up going home that day. But my guess is drone strike. <laughs> it's like the government's getting onto us. <laughs> the man in black who's who's designed to watch the the channel finally they decided to to take us out after our last episode talking about the Stroudsburg Rain Man. Well, uh, guys, you are off a little bit, and also please don't blow up my house. Uh, yeah, Just please. please, please don't do that. I'll be very sad. Uh, at least fix not mine. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> cough. Cough uh, there. Uh, but if you didn't check out our last episode, uh, the last episode was the Stroudsburg Rain Man, where we wrapped up our uh, our month on the hawk talking about underwater paranormal phenomenon, which counts, by the way. <laughs> I guess Vic, it's. I guess when you're rained on, you're underwater. I guess you are underwater when it's raining. I. I guess that is rain technically comes, true. Rain comes from the sky, Mr. Biologist. In the same over sense, there. in the same sense that when a cloud goes overhead, in a way you are underwater. Thank I don't you. think that's what most people would mean by saying underwater, but sure. Yeah. You can definitely tell between the two of us which one of us uh, tries to play lawyer, how to play lawyer ball too much. In the so school. when there's high humidity, do you tell people you're going swimming? Yeah, I would. That, that counts. I believe you. I mean, we're swimming I, every single we're swimming every single day in the city of Evansville because how humid it is. I, I oddly believe you would do that. I would. So I tell people all the time that I get I get plenty of water. It's like that joke from uh, Osmosis Jones: beer is beer's fluids, beer's water. It's all that wet stuff. Mm. Uh, so the Stroudsburg Rain Man. Thank you for derailing me, Vic, by the way, on that. Going over some comments for the last episode. If you didn't check out that episode, it was a really great episode where we talked about uh, a gentleman who may have been possessed by some sort of spirit or demon that ended up having rain just falling from the sky indoors where he, wherever he was at. It's a really, really interesting case. I highly recommend that you check it out. Uh, Barbara Contolano, one of my dad's cousins, shout out to you, one of, my favorite, one of our favorite fans, uh, said, Don Decker. Uh, if the grandfather was an evil man, could was an evil man could even not possessed his grandson. At the same time, it almost sounds like a teen under a great deal of stress manifesting poltergeist type phenomenon. Oh yeah, no, I had thought the exact same thing. Like I really got a poltergeist phenomena feel from so much of this, and I also was thinking along the same lines with the grandfather as that being a possible a possible lead to what's happening. Yeah, quite possible. Like, well, there's a lot of. Uh, well, there's a lot of times with a lot of, especially like if you're looking on like a lot of like Christian possessions, like like demon possession cases. There's a lot of childhood. There's a lot of childhood trauma that's often involved in uh, a lot of the some of the most famous cases uh, involving that we look at for as examples of demon possession in the in the paranormal. So, uh, boom, going over to YouTube, Laughing Fox. Patron. Patron. Laughing Fox said, uh, it's just a case of baked beans left. Oh, God. He's talk Laughing Fox is still obsessed about the baked beans situation with Mothman. We were trying. Did we ever? Did you ever fake? Did you ever look in to see exactly why I, people are leaving? I cans said of I would look into it and promptly forgot. Sorry, guys. I've been like just really busy lately. <laughs> Life has been just kind of crazy. Like, I just saw Laughing Fox's comments and I just started re reading it. However, we're going to give Laughing Fox's theory. Uh, in that. Again, context for that. Apparently, Laughing Fox said that there is a thing with the Mothman statue where people leave cans of baked beans. Uh, why that's the case, we're still we're still debating that. I think that's something to do with a lot. But anyway, that's just me. Um, 
But Laughing Fox said, my theory is that it's an extension of that deep, dried meme of several black human silhouettes with glowing red eyes. The text reading, me and my boys at 3 a.m. looking for beans. It's not a stretch for someone to liken the silhouettes to the Mothman and say, why y'all hating on my boy? He never hurt no one, which actually is not true. <laughs> but he was looking for some baked beans at 3 a.m. It just trickled into the cryptid community because, haha, Mothman likes beans. Funny, even though the origins of the meme got lost. This must be how anthropologists feel trying to recreate ancient cultures and what they believed. I need to know more about memes because I didn't even know that meme. Did you? I did. I did not. I did not oh, God, know no, that. Your, your, your beer's fizzing over. I, I'm sorry. I was drinking beer incorrectly. Don't apparently. shake your beer when you drink it. That's, That's weird. My bad. Weird habit. No, I, <laughs> so I, no, I can absolutely see anthropologists like in the future trying to look back at memes, trying to understand them being like, why is everything about this is the way like this? Like they keep trying to ask that about that thinking like this is part of our culture for some reason. Oh, all right. Rick said, this reminds me of that incident in 1987, Japan, where a delinquent Jitaro Kujo claimed that he could control an evil spirit that would steal anything for him. His jail cell was full of appliances and goods, and nobody knew how it got there. Uh, when his family visited him, he stole the guard's gun without leaving his cot. Okay, that was the beginning of the arc. Okay, that was the beginning of the arc. Stardust Crusaders in the series. JoJo's Bizarre. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my. Okay, you just. wonder if there's. You there, 100% just trolled me because I'm like, that's awesome. I've not heard of this. What's up with this? That is, I, we, we need to do a video on this. This needs to be like the next video. Oh, uh, oh, that's awesome. Okay, no, you 100% just trolled me. I've only seen like the first two seasons of JoJo's Bizarre Adventures with uh -huh. like where it's all said in the past. So like I haven't seen anything past that. No, well, we're old. We don't. Well, we're 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 more familiar with like shows like Bo 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 was really no nobody really knows how many Bo Bo Bos are actually in that, but it's a great show and I highly recommend anybody watch it. But great nine four three eight said, with the incident revolving around emotions and going dormant, that quickly makes me wonder if this was more of a poltergeist or possibly some sort of form of form manifested by his mind that acted like a demon because he thought it was a demon, like possibly is it some kind of a uh, poltergeist activity or could it be some sort of like Tulpa-esque situation where you believed it so much you willed it into reality? I think that's what he's getting at. Oh, goodness. Like if he's a latent Tulpamancer and all the stress caused him to create this this entity. That, you guys really want like some really weird thoughts on a, on like us, willing, like on Tulpas and stuff and, and paranormal entities. Go watch our episode on Tulpas. It's a, isn't it a two-parter? Yeah, there's a lot. In, there's it's like a, the longest case file yeah, we've ever done. That's a. It was a. It was a. It's pretty. It's it's pretty. It's a pretty intense episode. I can't remember if it's a two-parter or if it's just super long. <laughs> yeah. So all right. Well, that's our. Uh, that's the. That's the comments that we're going uh, over there today. So today we're kicking off talking about paranormal, uh, nuclear paranormal phenomenon, and I'm super excited about this because this is some of my absolute favorite stuff uh, to talk about in. Uh, talk about in the field of paranormal. You, always, you guys always know I get perked up from talking about some of this stuff. So our very first one that we decided to do that I threw out was the story of the Silver Man, or some people call it the Curse of the Silver Man, um, or uh, the name. Of, uh, that's those are the two usual names that it, that it's typically known by. Uh, and if you are not familiar with this particular case, so the general gist 
of this story is it takes place on March 17th, 1978. And my particular gentleman, uh, Ken Edwards, uh, who what who is in Warrington, England. Okay. Now, Ken is driving down uh, a road next to the Risley Atomic Energy Complex. Okay. If you're not familiar with this, this is like one of the most major hotspots for like nuclear research in England at the time, in England, in England at the time. So he's driving down the road whenever he spots a, uh, an unusual sight, real late at night. Uh, he pulls up to this, uh, uh, to the spot in this fence and he sees this bizarre creature, this cryptid that's off in the, that's off in the distance. And he describes it as like wearing this metallic looking suit and it has a black face over it, and it's sort of coming down this. Em- it's coming down this embankment, but it's walking all like it's walking kind of funny, right, Vic? Like it's walking. Okay. Yeah. It, the description was that it's walking is stunted. It looks like he's not bending its knees. He equated it to like old movies showing Frankenstein movie, yeah. and also like its arms were positioned somewhat strangely, almost as if the arms are coming not out of the side of the torso but out of the front. And we're pretty much just extended outward, kind of making this very comedic, almost sort of gait. Mm-hmm. And he, at first, he thought that it was because of like the description. He thought that it was climbing over a fence, or that it was climbing, uh, like into and that and that's and that's what at first what he thought that he was seeing when he was doing it. He described it that he thought the thing was almost seven feet tall, and he actually comes about fifty feet away from the uh, from the creature. And it actually comes into the road. And whenever it turns towards him, he swears that what happens is, is all of a sudden that these two light beams emanate from his eyes and hit him. And he's frozen, paralyzed, and he can't move for a moment. It's at that point his car radio goes, right? Correct, yes. He starts noticing that he's having issues with his, uh, with, like, with like the radio in his car, and it's acting up. And it's also at this moment, too, whenever it leaves, because what, what it ends up doing is it ends up walking away and it ends up coming to a fence where it waves his hand and it, like, melts. He just started, like, melting through the, the fence. T-52 style. Dun, dun, dun! And as he, and as he uh, is like freaked out by this moment, he finally like regains like composure for himself. One of the things he realizes is on his hands, he be, he notices that he has these burns, like these act like like he has some like burns on his hands, and he immediately like he's freaking out. He like has no idea what he just saw, so he starts heading home. Now it's at this point that Wait, he's... let's let's talk about uh, oh, okay. Let's break down some stuff. Let's break this down now. Okay, uh, one of the first things I want to talk about is the description of the right. creature. Okay, do you want me to like first address talking about it as if it could be biological or as if it could be mechanical? Uh, let's do let's do let's do biological. Sure. Okay, there's a lot of strange things going on here. First, the leg movement. Nothing terrestrial moves really like that, that I can think of at the moment. Uh, There are some undersea creatures that move with this kind of locked leg sort of motion, but I can't think of anything terrestrial that moves like that, mainly because it's this 
insanely energy inefficient form of movement. If you look at like how we walk, it's kind of in a constant forward roll. And we use our joints and stuff like that to conserve force, to basically ease uh, the the strain on our muscle, and to make the movement very highly efficient. Mm. But this stocky sort of jerky movement thing that he's kind of describing this Frankenstein-esque walk, it, it's, it would either have to be something not native to our atmosphere, not native to perhaps even our reality... Or more likely, just some, this. I don't think this could be a biological cause. I think it has to be something that at least did not evolve on Earth, or yeah. or that it was, or unless it was something that had already evolved, but it was wearing something which yeah yeah yeah, its yeah movement yeah. like that. That'd be the other possibility is that it's not a biological thing that it's it's caused by a mechanical issue. Mm. Very interestingly, the arms being in the front though. Um, you don't see that in humans or primates. Our arms are located on our shoulders that are on the side of the torso, and then we could, we have all this range of movement and things like that. But arms positioned like that are not unheard of. Um, like, for example, many dinosaurs had that sort of build where they had the uh, bird-like sort of chest, which lends much better for the arms to be more towards the front. Um, instead of so much uh, on the side. So uh-huh. that at least has some viability, although they were described as being kind of small. I kind of get a little bit of a T-Rex vibe of the description. Um, but if we're thinking about mechanically, I think it makes a lot more sense, and it could be even a biological thing in a mechanical suit. Um, like, the arms being placed forward, do you know what that really reminds me of? T-Rex? Sub, submarines. <laughs> oh, submarines. Submarines. Think about submarine arms. Oh, like the claw hands that they have, like, out front. Yeah. yeah. And they're very forward-facing. They're just kind of on this. Like, if you think of it as a barrel, it's kind of, like, at the front of a bar- of the barrel. And if you then took that and made it, like, more of an upright design, it would be very similar. Right. I mean, the only other thing that I can, that I'm going to th- throw out there is, like, if you're, like, if you're ready for me to, like, just throw out the, the like, something like a skeptical argument for what I think that it could be. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we're like, like another thing that this could be like, could be an NBC suit. Like like one of those sort of like Kim suits. Now, eventually we're going to get a little bit later in this, a little bit later in the story. Uh, Edward, uh, can Edward just shown something and he claims that's not it. Um, but it, it also could be a, like one of those NBC suits. Cause he described it as dull and gray. And if you ever like Google, like, NBC nuclear chemical suits from the 1970s. There's tons of examples of like dull gray chem suits that have that, as well as some of those NBC suits, especially if you're working directly with the material, have them forward facing. Like they literally have your arms like forward facing out like that from the suit when you're working with particular equipment. Um, and so that's one of the things that I think that it that is something that he may have also seen at that time. Now that being said, uh, it melting through the uh, fence kind of throws that big monkey wrench into my theory there. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there. I, I got another possibility in the skeptic range, um, but I want to save it for after the next part. I want to save right. it for when the police return. Yeah, yeah. So now we're about to now we're because now we're about to talk about what happens when he gets home. So, so Ken Edwards, he's driving home, and one of the things that he reports while he's driving home is that it should only take him, I think, he said like a couple minutes to get home from there, but he said that it, that it took him over an hour to get home. 
So there was instances of missing time involving in the story. So he gets home and he's running late. I'm sure his wife laid into him like any of our wives would whenever if we're running that late for getting home. Ellie's actually pretty chill about you that know, stuff. And not saying, well, I mean, maybe like one thirty in the morning. But, oh, okay, or okay. at least a understandable amount of concern. Um, he gets home to his wife, Barbara, and tells him what happens. And they talk about it for a while. And when this is happening, is that she ends up being the one uh, and him end up deciding that they're going to go talk to the police that night because he can't go to sleep. Because, you know, if you have, if you run into something that you think may be an interdimensional or extraterrestrial being, yeah, it's going to keep you up at night. And so they end up going to talk to the police. And they actually end up convincing the police, which is a rare instance of some of the police taking stuff seriously when it comes to the paranormal, and went out with him. Now, not only when they went out to this location did did officers go with them, but they actually contacted some of the 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 actual nuclear facility and talked to them, and they sent out 20, 20 security guards for this search. Seemed like a little overkill to you? Yeah. 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 Um one of the weird things happens is so like Edwards is talking, Edwards is talking to the security guards and he's telling them what happens. And one of the weird things that he describes with the security guards is none of them take his concerns seriously. You know, he even described one of them as having like a smirk. Um, and he told them about like what he had saw and all of the guards refused to go into the woods. They just wouldn't go into the woods where he reportedly had seen this thing wander into. I found some accounts saying that the guards' response was almost a afterthought. It was almost like they they knew something was going on, or that they seemed like they weren't surprised to hear about the description that was given. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's a now to me like it like whether or not if twenty guards coming out in this particular thing like that's kind of. Overkill, like it's almost to me like the guards are probably making sure the cops don't end up somewhere. Maybe that that they're not supposed to be. Well, the twenty guards makes me think something's going on, right? Like there's something more to this, and that kind of leads me to the thing I was hinting about earlier. Something that that radiation poisoning can cause is hallucinations. If they have these 20 guards active out there moving around and stuff, it might be because there was a spill or something that they don't want to get out, that there's oh, this radioactive material around. And maybe what happened was is he had an exposure. Now, we don't know if his windows were down. We don't know if his AC is on. A vehicle that's enclosed is a pretty good insulator. It won't stop you from dying of radiation poisoning. But it'll keep you from breathing in as much radioactive fallout. It's going to cause you to absorb less because you have a better buffer against the physical carriers of radiation. But, like, if there's a spill, depending on what isotopes are being carried, and he inhales the wrong ones, he could be going through radiation poisoning and could effectively hallucinate much of this. This isn't, like, something that's outside the realm of possibility, but... He would have had to have been hallucinating before the point where he got out of the car to examine, like, the weird thing he saw and things right. like that. Because you, you don't stop to examine a hallucination before you have the hallucination. And the other issue being, we have to, if we speculate that um, his windows are up, the AC is not on, that does dramatically reduce the likelihood of it being radiation poisoning. And even with the windows down and the AC on, it's still a little bit of a stretch. 
it really is a little bit of a stretch. Like, if you really want to, like, look at, like, the guards' behavior, like, one of the things to me that I, that I think that's important to remember is, again, we're talking 19, we're talking 1978. I want to make sure that I got the day right because I know I wandered past that. We're talking about the 19, yeah, 1978. So, like, this is one of the UK's most important nuclear facilities, like, in the country. And if there's a report of a possible person that is inside the fence or somewhere where it's not supposed to be, and the guards are taking this rather laissez-faire, like, the only reason to me that they would do that is if they were very aware of what had happened. You know, and so if they're not wanting to go in there, that to me screams that these guys knew that the area that may be dangerous, that's why they didn't go in there. Or if they were already aware of somebody outside working at midnight, I have no idea why. And I'm going to throw that out there, too. It's kind of timing is kind of weird. I don't know how many people that want to work at midnight at a nuclear facility. but Or if they're aware that there's a giant silver death eye laser monster out there would also be a reason right. not well, to go. We're also, we're also in the middle of we're also, almost in the middle. We're also, like, in the Cold War. Yep. You know, so like during this entire time, you know, like espionage from from foreign governments is high is is pretty high. So even if he saw maybe like not necessarily some an alien, but maybe the possibility of maybe this could have been either an employee that was like fleeing for some reason or had something or somebody breaking and entering like somebody else that like you think that they would be way on more on high alert just to be safe. But there's really no evidence of that in this particular case. That, that level of comfortability only makes me believe that they you can only get that way if you know what's going on. Hey, quite, quite possibly, yeah. So, um, now, I, I've been trying to find these uh, these NBC suits that you're talking about yeah, that yeah. have the forward-facing arms, and I haven't found any with the forward-facing so those are arms. Ci- those are civilian suits. The ones that, if you just Google them, you'll find the civilian suits. Okay. You're, or you'll find military suits like that. And I've, I've found a lot of suits like that, but I'm having a hard time finding... Is, are you talking about something like that one on the right? Kind of, a little bit more. Oh, but they're a little okay. more forward-facing. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking about, by forward-facing arms, you mean it has, like, this large pack to it that mm-hmm. makes the outline bigger, mm-hmm. and thus the arm holds are thrust yeah, forward, think right? Yeah, like, um, think like Homer Simpson, like, in the like in Homer Simpson, like, with the, the suit that he has to wear for that. Like, that's an example of one of those on top. Now, I'm not talking about, like, where you could find it, but I'm like, that's an example of those kind of suits. Okay. Now, they're not... The thing about them is, is, like, you'll see those suits inside a facility, not, yeah. like, walking around, like, outside or something like that, that you would see, like, either a civilian or a person, like, um, like a like a, like a a military person having to wear one of those would wear. And is this the point where they show them the fire suit? No, no, no. We're uh, getting uh, that Okay, point. okay, no, okay. So, sorry. Please continue. No, you're fine. So, now we're fast forward to the next day. So he finally he finally gets to sleep, uh, even though he's reporting like high levels of insomnia. Eventually, he gets to sleep. Next morning, he realizes two things. He realizes that his watch had stopped at eleven forty five, around the same time in which he witnessed uh, the silver man. And then he noticed that this that the burns on his hands, uh, uh, especially his right hands, were scarring with three dark marks that ran along the lines of his fingers. And those scars persisted for about three weeks. Um, after that, this is when... You, we, would, would that mean scarring like this or like this? Because I'm thinking it means like this. Yeah, that ran... In between yeah, that, the gaps. That ran the length... No, that ran the length of his fingers. Oh, you so, mean like up here then? I think he's describing them on his fingers. Okay, okay. Like, I think they're on his hands. Like, the thing that it doesn't clarify is whether or not it's like on the inside of his palm or on the on the outside of his hand. 
Like that's the part that it doesn't clarify to me. When, like, if when I'm it's to running see that. at the high points of the finger, that does make sense for it being some sort of radiation light based attack because those are the those are the high points. They're going to absorb the most of the light. Or if they're on the inside of his hands, one of my running theories is I think he got out, and I think he's not, I think as part of the story leaves out that he may have touched something that became that. Or say like if it overheated his car mm-hmm. and he had it on his and he had it on the his hand on the wheel of the car whenever it, whenever the whenever the beams hit his car. Oh, because yeah. that would be on the that would be that would be like if he, if he had his hands like on the like on, on a steering wheel. Like think about that's how you like how you, sometimes you'll curl your hand on the on the top of that. Yeah. 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 Like maybe either to turn or move. Because uh, one of the things that ends up happening after this is, is shortly after this, you get these two UFO researchers, Jenny Randalls and Paul Wetnell. And Jenny Randalls is one of the most prolific uh, UK uh, UFO writers of the time. So giving a little bit more credence to this particular story um, with her involvement, one of the things that they discovered was they had uncovered that his car, the reason why the radio had had gone out was because that it was overloaded by uh the by a massive power surge okay yeah so apparently at some point that happened to his car yeah which also could be the same thing that would have happened to the battery in the watch yep because like if if the radios are loaded by a power surge that power surge probably came from the either a the battery discharging an abnormal amount of energy or the engine uh releasing an abnormal amount of energy or the beam directly placing energy within it that it couldn't handle within its circuitry. Yeah. Uh, and then after the, after this, after this, this is also when you start seeing people trying to do more searches of the area. Uh, and w- some of the things that they had found, one of the things that they found was a flattened piece of area of grass that had a oval-shaped flattened uh, section of grass that was there. But you haven't talked about the dead rabbit. That was next. They found a dead rabbit. Yeah, no, they were very, very uh, uh, concerned about finding just a random dead rabbit there that had no evidence of what may have killed it. I think the dead rabbit is a smoking gun. I know. It's, I, a, it's a smoking gun. It is. It, the, the dead rabbit proves it. Yeah. Uh, just so you guys know, I, I grew up raising rabbits. And, uh, yeah, rabbits are very – it's very common for a rabbit to just fall over and die sometimes. Like, for example, if you have a lot of rabbits and you have a really bad storm go overhead, you can probably bet you, you might lose some rabbits because sometimes if there's a loud <laughs> bolt of thunder, they have a heart attack and fall over. Well, I'm just also maybe, well, you never know. Maybe it had a heart attack because it saw a seven foot tall I mean, silver man with T, with, with T-Rex, with T-Rex arm shooting, shooting electrical beams from its eyes. I guess. That would give, yes. that would give me a heart attack. <laughs> Make me keel over. But, like, I, I just think a lot of emphasis is put on the rabbit. They're like, oh, it doesn't have any visible signs of what killed chunk. it. But, like, at the same time, that's not that unusual for a rabbit. The fact that there hadn't been predation already on the rabbit is a little weird. I mean, there's tons of, like, carrion birds in England that I think would have taken a swing at that by now. Mm. But they're usually pretty good at picking up that uh that you know something might be bad for them to eat, like that's that that that's a little iffy. I still don't think it's like as big of a deal as people make it out to be, though. And yeah, they were just very hung <laughs> up on this. Now, 
about this time is whenever a few days shortly after the after the incident, uh, the town is, is is in a hubbub about what's going on. And at some point, they the cops are investigating this because they try to show Edwards. Wait, wait, one, this I want to double back real quick. Oh sure. The um, like how close to the road was that uh, area of dead grass found? It it says that it's on top of the an embankment, so it's pretty good ways away. Okay. Now I guarantee you this: it's not inside the facility because otherwise they wouldn't would they wouldn't wouldn't have been able to get in there. Yeah, well, the thing is, like that the circle one thing like a circle of dead grass could be a well, sign dead. of it's flattened. Sorry, flat flattened. Uh, never mind, never. Mind. I retried. I was thinking yeah. it was dead. I was thinking yeah, it was, it was just flattened. Because I was thinking maybe uh, it was a venting of nuclear yeah. materials. Because a did, venting would make a circle. I did look for that in this because I was looking for that particular language. Because you've seen that sometimes with other yeah. types of UFO phenomena where it'll kill grass or make it grow out yeah. of control. It's like the two. It's like there's only like there's no middle ground. It's one. Of, it's apparently it's always one of the two ways. Yeah, it can really accelerate <laughs> plant growth. Uh, and this is whenever you have a couple days later, you have the cops investigating this because there's still a hubbub over this, and they try to show Edwards like a silvery flame retardant suit that like firefighters would wear, and he said, "No, that's not it." You know, and trying to think that he didn't see something like that. And again, two things like that too, as I said. Um, if you look at some of the NBC suits, they're not that brightly silvered. And also, I don't think that the average firefighters are going to have something like that on hand for them to be able to show it. And if they went to the nuclear plant, they're probably be like, no, we're not going to give you one of these. But but beside the point, um, he does eventually go out to the area again. Like he does like Edward says, I'll let this go. Like so six days later, he's back out at he's back out at the site and with another UFO investigator. Uh from that but it's not but the name is never named like he doesn't name this guy he's apparently not a guy he's just another guy that eventually that he goes out there with but i'd like to throw out something real quick oh sure um he's sleeping poorly he's so he's showing aspects of paranoia mm-hmm. he's so showing some aspects of obsession sure these can be consistent with having a paranormal event all these th- that is consistent with it it's also par- but i also want to throw out do, oh yeah what else is that consistent with having a paranormal podcast Oh. <laughs> just, you know what I mean. I'm just saying. There's been times in which we've been kept awake by some of the stuff. But th- these are forms of psychosis, psychosis that yeah. can be in, yeah. inducted by radiation damage. Absolutely, 100. percent And eventually, getting to my final thoughts, I, I think that's something to to note too. Um, so he goes out again at midnight uh, on March 23rd, 1978, with with another UFO investigator. Okay. And they're trying to investigate the area. And while Edwards is up there, he spots the creature again a second time. Like, just out of nowhere. But then the creature just vanishes from in his mind's eye. Like, he just has another sight of this thing just there. Uh, and then whenever the him and the, and the UFO investigator separated, the UFO investigator didn't see this thing. Uh, but Edwards claimed that he saw it again. Well, I, okay. If we're going to steal, man, Edwards' argument, um, like... If it could be liquid enough to pass through a um, a fence but keep its form, that would mean it would have to be... Uh, are you familiar with uh, non-Newtonian solids? No. Okay. Think about... Um, think about, like, uh, a slime. Slime. Like, really, like, gak. Gak is kind of like that where if you push down on it, it'll kind of be solid. But when you release it, it's clearly liquid. But it can keep a form to a degree. You know, it doesn't, like, just spill off, like, water and soak into everything. You still have your gag. Um, I'm pretty sure to keep a form and be able to pass through something like that, it would need to at least be a non-Newtonian solid. Um, the other thing 
if you apply that over to the vanishing thing, I mean, it in theory should be able to flatten itself out or just seep down, which would look like vanishing. Like, like that's if we want to steal man. I don't I mean, think that's necessarily what happened, but just just making the case. Steel man. Creatures made of gak. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd I, call that a steel man. <laughs> a gak isn't the best example of a non-Newtonian solid, and I'm pretty sure I'm using non-Newtonian correct. If someone out there like, knows I've, I'm saying it wrong, correct me. But like, there are better examples. It's just I, I'm having a hard time thinking of them right this moment. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. I haven't had to talk about non-Newtonian so. stuff in like a long time. <laughs> so he, uh, and his his obsession with this keeps up. Um, the, uh, so a couple days later, him and his wife are coming back from a day trip, uh, on April 2nd, 1970, uh, in 1978. And I like the way that it was described this. He goes, I don't know, but I felt compelled to go back to the area where I saw the first sighting. And I don't know what compelled me to do this. Like he just is the language that he uses. Interesting enough. Do you know where else we see this language? Where? Mothman cases. You see this in Mothman cases as well, where um, people who had cited it will sometimes just be compelled right. to go to a specific case, especially um, a lot with uh, uh, the grinning man. What's his name? Uh, the Andrew sp- Cold. Andrew Cold. Like the guy who uh, a lot of the Andrew Cold stuff was focused around often said he just felt like he was compelled to go somewhere. But the thing is, is I, I think that part of that, is not entirely paranormal. Well, I would say it's paranormal in that humanity cannot understand not knowing something. We have to make sense of something. We have to make we have to make sense of things. We have to bring order to chaos with our minds. Like we we can't like live in a state of not knowing. And I think that might be part of what it is too. And this guy ends up going wanting to go out there because he wants to. He's like, I'm I'm compelled. I need to know. And he goes out there around like two o'clock in the morning. He gets out of his car and he just keeps being described that he's being overwhelmed by these feelings of anxiety and dread and, and, and just, and, and then these feelings and he ends up blacking out like just from getting so emotionally Well, Sorry. He doesn't know why my assumption is that he's either o- overwhelmed or possibly if there's a radiation poison, yeah, pulling <laughs> by radiation. I mean, that's another thing too. I mean, you know, be, we're taking this seriously. Um, cause really in the time we really didn't fully understand a lot of the effects of radiation poisoning in the seventies. Uh, as much as we do today. That's another important thing to remember. Um, but he ends up blacking out. He does wake up, and then he ends up going home. Uh, so, now, an important thing to, to to end this out on, the final weirdest thing that happened in, in the area was on April 12th, when what happened was Edwards and other people in the town uh, were awoken in the middle of the night by this weird hum sound. Sounds familiar. I know. Uh, and then when they went outside, there was a giant red U- red light UFO in the sky that people reported seeing all over the area. Um, and eventually it ends up disappearing and the hum goes away and they're able to go back to bed. Now, an important thing, and unfortunately this story does not have a happy ending. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. Eventually, like a year later, it's actually, it's actually determined that uh, Edwards actually ends up developing a form of cancer. He ends up passing away. Um, but still to his deathbed, totally claimed, never changed his story about what he saw that night in 1978. 
Did we get into the red eyes? I don't think we mentioned no, the red I, eyes. No, I, I don't even know if I... I think that I... I can't even remember if I mentioned... Well, I think they were yellow. Were they yellow? I thought they were red. They were yellow. Oh. They were glowing eyes. Well, they're glowing eyes. They're they were, glowing sorry, eyes. they were glowing eyes. I think they were yellow um, in this in the story, but... But I, also, like, it had glowing eyes. What had glowing eyes? Well, I mean... It, At least reported to us. It did. Now, this is pretty much the whole story. So if we're trying to break this down. If I'm trying to like come at this with a skeptic camera at it, I mean, one of the things that could happen is if you shine your, because the creature is in front of them, full blast from the headlights. I mean, if your headlights are flashing at it, it can cause. I mean, it'll it'll you'll see the reflection of your headlights in a suit. I mean, true. We and we don't know exactly when he had noticed the uh, glowing eyes. Right. It could have been something it had when it was still at an angle approaching. Mm. Um. So, and we we don't know if exactly like if he had seen it before, seen it after, and unfortunately we can't get details right. from him at this point. Mm. So, uh, in a nutshell, that's the that's the case. So, what? What are some of your take? Like, what are your like? What are your summary take? Like, do you think that he saw like an actual like? Do you think he saw like an alien? Oh. Do you think that he saw? Do you think that he saw a legitimate person? Do you think he? Possibility one. He saw something that's a highly unusual biological cryptid. I think is extremely unlikely. Uh, some people claim that he had seen some sort of cryptid entity. I think the. The legs don't make any sense to me. I think that's unlikely. Could it have been someone in a experimental machine? More likely, except for when it starts phasing through material. But still, I guess it's it's more possible. Could it have been an alien entity? We had the UFO, or maybe it could have been super highly experimental secret stuff. There were weirder things in the paranormal, but... I personally think that the guy was probably exposed to radiation, that there was some sort of leak or something like that going on at the time and may have been hallucinating. And that does kind of make sense on why the symptoms get worse over time. I think it's either that or maybe some black project stuff. Maybe he's confused about the fence thing. Maybe it didn't phase through the fence. Maybe it had actually gone around it a different way. Because, like, like I said, it does. The design really does remind me of uh, submarines' arms. Why do submarines have arms? Well, because submarines are in an extremely dangerous area, and we still need to be able to manipulate things in the environment. That would also be true about a nuclear reactor. Why would it be so far from the reactor? Now that I'm not sure. Maybe it was a, a testable experimental robot. Although technically, we weren't supposed to have ambulating legs at that point. But it sounded like they were ambulating really bad, anyways. Actually, I screw it. I'm gonna go with either. I'm gonna go with either hidden experimental robot or radiation poisoning. I think those are the the two that I'm leaning towards. I think that it's important to remember that, like, that towns that are built next to like nuclear facilities, a lot of times will have accounts of uh, of leakage and the populace having adverse health effects because from it. Um, it's not as common as a lot of other things, but it happens more, I think, more than we more than we realize. And so I think that's an important thing to take away from this from this situation. I think the situation with his car 
it's probably the biggest monkey wrench for me just being able to just write this whole thing off of that he saw a person in, in an NBC Kim suit. Like, he saw somebody in a suit like that. It's really, really, really hard for me to get all those, to write away all those details. Unless he's just flat, I mean, unless he's just flat lying about his watch or unless he's just, but I don't think the investigators that went to look at that, look at his car, gives more credence to something happen with that. No matter, no amount of exposure to radiation is going to cause a power surge in your car. I think no matter what, something very strange happened. Yeah, like that, like, to, like it, it doesn't matter how much radiation you're exposed to. That's not going to kill your transistor radio. Like, that's just not going to happen. So I think something, I think something did happen that night. I believe him that he, that he saw something that, that night. Now, whether or not it fits an alien or some sort of extra dimensional creature, I don't know. But most, but, but with the, all of the guards not being concerned you just don't do that unless you know what's going on. Yeah. Like, that's just a level of calm that's just suspect that a lot of people overlook in this story that I think more people should focus on. Like, go to a nuclear facility and cause a cuffuffle. And uh, see, no, and no, see actually, you, don't, don't do that. Don't do and, that. Sorry, if you don't do that, because you will end up on national news. That is exactly what happens for that type of stuff. And so, because they, they take it very seriously, even including then. So, yeah, I'm going to repeat that again. Don't. Don't go to a nuclear facility and cause a kerfuffle. You know, sorry, that's one of those, you know, F around to find out type things. It's like with Area 51. Don't do that. Um, but that particular detail sticks out at me that I don't think enough people talk about. So what are your guys' thoughts on uh, on the Silverman? Do you guys think that it was a person? Do you guys think that it was a – do you guys think that it was an alien, an extra-dimensional being – um, do you think it was a dude in a suit? Do you think it was an alien in a suit? Let us let us know what you guys think. Were there any details in the story that stuck out for you guys? Were there, were there theories that we didn't really highlight? Uh, put those in the comments below. We can talk about them at the beginning of next uh, next episode. Again, if you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a like. Subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. Leave us a review. That's a great way to help out the podcast at any time. Um, hit that notification bell so you can stay up to date whenever we put out new episodes. But until next time, guys. Keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. All right, guys. We're going to slide into the Pillow Talk segment of this podcast. If you want to check out the rest of this awesome podcast, all you got to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up for the little dollar a month to get the rest of this awesome podcast, as well as bonus episodes that we put up exclusively for our patrons. If you sign up for $2 more of a month, uh, you get to vote on our poll for the theme for each month. Uh, so if you do that, uh, you actually get to vote on the content that we talk about uh, for the theme. So go let your voices be heard. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, right in between this, we always take a break, and me and Vic were we're tossing, uh, uh, we're tossing, we're tossing out, we're tossing out something, and uh, I I threw the, the the thing that we didn't even discuss. Oh my god, movie! Worth it is the movie like the the close encounter of the third kind. We never even bring it up on the podcast because it's like every skeptic's go to answer for when people see anything in the seventies was they were like, oh, they just saw that movie, and now they think everything they see is an alien. I I feel like. It kind of goes like this. The Silver Man, but close encounters of the third kind. And then everyone just stands up and applauds, applauds and yells yeah. bravo. No, it's right. it's a it's a low tier argument. Right. I, I think that it's just I think it's just terrible. It's like I, it's like every time I think that like pe- no nobody says that and then they see they see weird black helicopters in the sky. They don't go, nah, they just saw that because they saw like movie Cloverfield. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Cloverfield, you know, it just it causes everybody to think that there's these giant kaiju things walking around. Like, no, no, that's no. 
Oh, you think someone broke into your car? We're not even going to come check. You probably just saw a movie where someone broke, broke into, into someone's car. car. You got attacked by a dog now. Nah, they probably just watched Cujo. Yeah, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Cujo explains every... Cujo explains the rise in dog bites. That's uh, that's uh, cases. That that definitely explains it, right? Yeah. Schmucks. Like, it's, it's just such a bad argument for it. So... Um, I thought for this one, there's a case that that's really, really that's interesting that uh, that a lot of people compare uh, the Silverman story to, and that's the story of uh, the Falkville Metalman. Uh, and it's another case that happens around at the same time, but the the Falkville Metalman story happens five years prior to the Silverman. It actually takes place. In the- it actually takes place. In the- it takes place in the-